Hey there, everybody. This is Scott Grimes. This is Mark Jackson. This is Patrick Cox. You know, Justin the Ogre. Hi, this is Jessica Zor. This is BJ Tanner. You are tuned into the Planetary Union Network with your host, Lieutenant Commander Portis. This is Joe Pickle. And I'm Michael May. And I'm Dan Taylor. What? Dan! <laughs> and this is my old Planetary Union Network, the official Orville New Horizons podcast of Dan Taylor's. <laughs> Amen. Welcome back, Dan. It is good to be back. It's been a long time. It has been. And what a cool couple of episodes to talk with you about, my friend. Oh, yes, most definitely. And since you couldn't find another guest, I guess that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the real nah, man. We were we, we were holding on to this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I in the second episode, it'll come up again, but I paused the episode at some point to send you a message saying, have you watched this thing yet? You were not the only one. I had a number of people send me text and messages and DMs and saying, asking me if I've watched it. If, you know, and I'm like, no, because I'm. It's been a hectic couple of weeks for me, so I was a little bit behind. But I've seen yeah. them all now. Awesome. <laughs> all right, so um, we're uh, we'll actually be talking to Scott uh, a little bit later. Um, Michael and Michael and I will. Uh, so he's not available tonight while we're recording this, but he's we're gonna join him for a little belated birthday conversation um, tomorrow. So you'll hear that interview in next week's episode. But we got uh, Ted Danson tonight, though, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Actually, <laughs> I've been working on Victor Garber. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm about to lose my mind. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do we want to get into um, episode one of our two part? Our oh god, our two parter here, uh, Tale of Two Topas. Yeah. So um, I know Joe, you let people know on Twitter, but just uh, anybody who uh, isn't aware from there, we took off last week just due to the holiday uh, in the U.S. And uh, so we're doing a double episode tonight. We're going to talk first about the Tale of Two Topas, and then we're going to talk about uh, the episode Twice in a Lifetime. And uh, because of that, I'm not going to do the full kind of scene by scene recap. Uh, that way we won't have like a eight hour episode <laughs> when we're done. Um, so I'm just going to kind of summarize. We'll, we'll do each episode one at a time. I'll summarize them and then we'll just kind of like talk, you know, through the highlights of them and in a kind of general way. Uh, so Tale of Two Topas uh, is sequel to a really important episode on the show. It was the episode that um, because of Dan's reaction to it, got me interested in the Orville in the first place. Uh, so Topa uh, is the child of Bordas and Clyden and uh, they went underwent involuntary gender reassignment as a baby in the beginning of season one uh, in the episode about a girl. And Topa is now feeling uncomfortable in his own body. When he confesses this to Kelly, who's kind of becoming a mentor to him, she has to decide how best to support him. 
So with some additional help from an unexpected source that I'm sure we'll talk about, Kelly puts Topa on the path to learning about his past, and Topa decides that she wants to reverse the gender reassignment and be a girl again, which of course leads to intense conflict and conflict between Clyden and the rest of the crew. Um, so I think, uh, I don't know, like maybe where to start is just kind of talk about some of the characters. Um, and like the big ones in this episode are of course, Topa and Clyden and Bordas. So I'll just kind of throw it out to you guys. Like, I don't know, what'd you get? I don't know. I guess, first of all, like, what'd you think of the episode, but then kind of what, how'd you, would you think of the way that kind of Topa, Clyden and Bordas all, um, uh, responded to the events that were going on in it? Well, I thought it was a great follow-up to, you know, the the original episode. Yeah. Like I said, that oh, let's see, that was what two years ago? Yeah, at least three years two, ago, maybe two seasons ago. Two uh, seasons. It was, ago? Um, oh man, it's been. So that was in. It was in fall. What was it? September. Maybe, maybe it was the first episode in October of 2017. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I had been a dad myself for just over a year or so a year and a half of a little girl. So that did hit me very hard. Um, and I, I mean, I'm talking ugly cry hard. <laughs> and like I said, you know, I'm like Michael Wyatt, you, you, this, this, you got to get onto the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, you told me it made you cry. And I was like, wait a minute, this, this, goofy star Trek parody from the creator family guy made you cry. What, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased that they followed up with that story. Cause that story, the original episode meant a lot to me. And I honestly, and we'll talk about, you know, the specifics of this episode, but watching this episode, knowing how that first episode end ended, mm. I was crushed. I had no idea how this episode was going to end. So I was, you know, holding my breath throughout the whole episode, mm, mm, knowing mm. that the way Seth works, you know, he could, you know, pull the rug out from under me again and, you know, say, nope, it's not all happy. Right. Right. Um, and it's, it's still not all happy. It's much happier. I think probably than you were uh, anticipating um, <laughs> at least for Topa, but, um, for, for Bordas is not all happy. No. And, but again, you know, it, you know, Michael, you're a dad. Um, mm -hmm. the decisions that Bordas had to make in this episode. Yeah. Hit definitely hit home. Yeah. Whether you, whether you have a son or a daughter, it doesn't matter. You have a child. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, all these movies and TV shows have taken on all sorts of different meaning to me now that I'm a dad. Right. Um, and this, you know, the Orville is no exception with, you know, uh, Bordas and Topa and, you know, um, you know, Ty and the other kids on the show, you know, mm -hmm. you know, parenting is still a thing on this, you know, with the Orville and, you know, this episode by, you know, was no exception. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I related a little bit to Bordas just because, I mean, fortunately my wife and I have always been on the same page on this. So I didn't, I didn't have this additional 
layer of conflict that Bordas had to go through. But, um, you know, we made a decision as parents pretty early on that we were, we were just going to support David, you know, whatever, you know, wherever his life led him, you know, we were never going to not love him, right? Like it was always going to be unconditional and, uh, and we weren't going to like try to push our own kind of hopes and dreams and agendas or whatever, you know, try to make him live up to some kind of standard that we had, we had set and imposed on him. So, um, you know, that's supporting your child, um, that way is, is it can be challenging because they're always going to surprise you. They're always going to make decisions that, you know, maybe you don't necessarily agree with. Um, and so like, there's this balance between I have to, uh, you know, I, I'm the parent, so I have to kind of gently guide them, um, you know, or help them to kind of think through decisions that they're making uh, while also kind of ultimately, uh, especially as they get a little bit older, letting them make the decision for themselves and, and, you know, deal with the consequences of it, whatever it is. So that's already a hard task. But then when you put, you know, in Borden's position where he has Clyden, he's married to Clyden, who is diametrically opposed to letting Topa have any kind of agency uh, in her own life. And, so that's just, that makes it even more kind of tragic and complicated and dramatic. And, and Clyden has his own reasons why he believes that way as well. It's, he's just not, you know, an a-hole father as well. You're talking about like his own... Um, his own experiences. Right. His own like gender reassignment as a kid, yeah. child and, and what that, what knowing about that did to him. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, right or wrong, he, you know, he was passionate about his decisions and his, mm-hmm. his beliefs about it. Um, you know, and again, I mean, I, as a viewer, don't agree with him, but I understood his struggles with it. Yeah. Yeah. You might be more patient with him than I am. <laughs> oh, trust me. I, when we get to that, you know, to the, when we talk a little more about, you know, his final decision, I'm all for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Joe, we, you had thoughts on like this, this family unit and kind of how they interacted, the decisions they made. Yeah. I, you guys pretty much nailed everything I was thinking about. Uh, yeah. Um, did want to mention though, that we got uh, Rena Owen back as Avina. Remind me who that is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the female Mothlin. Oh right, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the uh, the one who's really a big fan of Dolly Parton, though. Okay. Yeah, there was no Dolly Parton song. That's the only my major, <laughs> you know, complaint about this. Because now, you know, when I when I first saw the first episode that this was about a girl, um, I lived in California, but now I live in Tennessee, where it's Saint Dolly Parton. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was very disappointed. There was no Dolly Parton song. Right. <laughs> Yeah, this up this series, uh, this season uh, hasn't had as many of the kind of pop culture references uh, as previous seasons have, for sure. All the money was spent on VFX, so <laughs> not music rights. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so earlier I, I 
was kind of cagey in my synopsis about this mysterious supporter who, so Kelly, um, she kind of knows about uh, a file where Topa can go and, and find uh, the information um, about her past. And, uh, but the file is password protected and somebody sends Topa the password. And you find out later in the episode that it was bored. It's like he was on the bridge when he noticed Topa trying to get into the file. And so he, <laughs> shot her the password and uh that was a really cool powerful moment but it definitely you know that was a decision that he had to make that was that put him you know in direct opposition to Clyden and Clyden's wishes so um yeah it was it was rough man I I I really loved it I loved the whole episode I loved um the tension I loved seeing Bordas put into a position where he he had to make a decision finally because he's been trying to he's been trying to walk this tightrope for a long time like with Clyden over here on one side and, and kind of Bordas just kind of um you know giving in uh but now it it's come down to Topa is making a decision and so is Bordas going to support that decision or is he going to just kind of continue to let Clyden have his way about it and Bordas decides not to let Clyden have his way um, which just sends Clyden over the edge um, and so at the end Clyden leaves yeah walks out leaves leaves uh, Bordas yeah yeah and uh, I, I, I uh, well, I, I don't know. The continuity nerd in me was like, I don't, felt like maybe we should have dealt with the uh, the traditional Mocklin divorce a little more seriously than, than the episode <laughs> took it. But I mean, I, I thought they did it just fine. Like Clyden says, I'm not even going to give you the uh, the dignity of you know the death or whatever that you know because typically to divorce them they they murder. The, the uh the spouse um and Clyde just decides not to do that he decides not to to give Bordas that dignity um which no part of me wanted Bordas to actually get stabbed but I don't know I felt like that was maybe a little bit of a a sidestep <laughs> yeah I, I guess the episode was already running long and we yeah, that would have been a, oh, actually, that would be kind of interesting, like a really heartbreaking battle between the two of them if like, Clyden actually tried to stab Bordas and then they had to actually fight each other. Hmm. That just now occurred to me. But it will be interesting to see if, you know, it gets called back and if the, if he comes back and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm really of two minds on Clyden leaving. Like, part of me is like, Good. <laughs> Don't let yeah, the book hit you on the way out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like how, you know, up until this point, I've always kind of wondered about Clyden. Like, are we going to ever see Clyden get redeemed? Like, is he going to have any kind of character arc where he actually kind of comes around? And um, if this is his last appearance on the show, then I kind of applaud the show. I do applaud the show for saying, you know what? Some people don't like they don't want redemption like they don't want that arc and some people just never change and uh that's real life and and you know i applaud the show for doing that um at the same time like Clyden, his presence as much as i disagree with him and he really irritated me as a character he added a lot to the show like he added um 
uh, he was always uh, good at starting a conversation about what he was doing and why. So I'm of two minds, but for now, I was like, good, <laughs> let's get him. Just, just get the, him. Way, the, the feeling I get from, you know, my thoughts are not my thoughts, but my, you know, uh, familiarity with the show and the tone that it usually takes I could see him. I could. I could see them not doing a redemption yeah. part for him. Right. I could see him returning and being mm-hmm. a thorn in you know their side again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or even further. Because I mean, there's if the Orville is known for anything, it's callbacks. It's callbacks, and it's letting characters be messy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I could see you know Clyden being a problematic in the future but not having the redemption arc that is so over hollywood right right yeah like you know we almost had a war <laughs> you know we almost had like the maklas leaving the union over this thing and and that was kind of narrowly averted but but you know you know the tensions are still high and uh yeah Clyden could definitely come back as you know, a, a representative of the kind of very conservative uh, Mocklin government at some point or something. And again, very timely episode. Yeah. With what we got going on here in the States. For sure. That has for sure. somehow been the theme of the season. It's like somebody's got a time machine. Yeah. We, um, we chatted with, with Tom a little bit last time, just about, cause the last episode dealt with, um, abortion among other things and um just you know just a weirdly timely <laughs> uh episode and uh you know that that episode was created years ago <laughs> um there's no way that anybody could have predicted that it would be released you know the the week after Roe versus Wade was overturned yep <laughs> and uh but it was, you know, because it was dealing, I mean, it, it was very specific in, in that particular element, but, um, you know, that was just, that was part of this kind of more, I guess, universal uh, kind of theme that, uh, that the show is really good at including. And so as, as the show is unafraid to kind of tackle these very um, important themes and issues uh, and discuss them, um, you know, it's just, it's going to keep, it's going to keep being uh, relevant. Um, I don't know. What, what other scenes or moments or jokes or anything in this episode you guys really liked? I watched them both back to back, so I can't remember <laughs> what was what. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to. I don't. Um, I don't have as many in this episode as I do in the next one. Uh, I think for me, like the big, the big thing was Clyden leaving. I mean, now on Hulu we get alien nudity. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, because <laughs> we had Maddie on uh, episode recently where she was talking about uh, wondering if we're going to see some Mocklin butt, and uh, 
we did not get any Mocklin butt, but we sure got some butt. <laughs> yeah, I like how he had that fur patch right above. Yeah. <laughs> plumber's put, crack there. Put like in quotation marks there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, let's say I appreciated it. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. That's pretty funny. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and that was a, that was kind of a cool clever you know just little thing that they just touched on you know this guy is part of his culture part of his religion or whatever is to go to work naked <laughs> on certain days and uh that was causing a disruption so um you know put kind of kelly in the dilemma of okay how do i how do i compromise with this guy <laughs> and the compromise was pants <laughs> yeah yeah, that was a good scene. I enjoyed that. All right, and that wraps it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um next episode on the on the agenda tonight is Twice in a Lifetime, which is one of the re- one one of the primary reasons that something that I knew was going to happen that uh I was waiting to uh, to get Dan back on for specifically for, and then we turned out having the two episodes that just fit perfectly. But uh, uh, Michael, if you want to just go ahead and take it away, yeah. So the synopsis on this one is that during a battle with the Kalon, Gordon attempts to destroy the Aronov device to prevent the Kalon from gaining control over it because the Aronov device now has the ability to move people and objects through time. So it's this very dangerous weapon if it gets in the wrong hands aka the, the Kalons. Um, so Gordon tries to destroy the device and in the process he's thrown back in time himself and is stranded on 21st century earth. The Orville goes back in time to rescue him but misses its mark by about 10 years meaning that Gordon has been stranded for a decade on the planet. Ed and Kelly locate Gordon while Isaac and Charlie search for enough dysonium to power the Orville's trip back to the future. Unfortunately, Ed and Kelly learn that Gordon has started a family with Laura Huggins, the 21st century woman that he fell in love with during season two. And Gordon and Laura now have a young son and another child on the way. So Ed and Kelly are furious with Gordon for interfering with the timeline, while Gordon is equally furious with them for wanting to take him away from his family, whom he dearly loves. Um. So there's a lot of characters to talk about in this one, but you guys have any particular characters that you, you kind of want to sh- start with? No. Well, this is definitely a Gordon episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though he's missing for a good chunk of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is, this has two stories. There's, you know, the A story of Gordon being stranded and the B story of, you know, Isaac and Charlie. Right, right. And, um, you know, and maybe we'll cover some of this before we sign off today. But, you know, I haven't been able to talk or- Orville with you guys. So, you know, Charlie's all new to me. Yeah. What do you think uh, of her? I-, I dig her. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, with the, the main story with uh, Gordon being, you know, stranded on on our earth with us, um. And starting off, I mean, it gave me a whole, you know, like the TNG inner light, mm. which is a good thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was also that one episode of Deep Space Nine where Chief O'Brien was in prison and he lived a whole lifetime. 
but when he comes back, he's only been gone for like 10 minutes or something like that. Wow. I don't think I've seen that one. I haven't uh, seen it. But yeah, had it, had it, you know, inner light, you know, with Picard, you know, living a lifetime. Right. Um, so on, on Charlie, I did read a, uh, I read, I, I read, I read a theory that, um, she is a sophisticated Kalon plant. <laughs> All right. What's the evidence for this? Uh, the 4d navigation, uh, and mm. just, uh, undermining and Isaac early on anyway, just trying to, uh, sow discord. I am all for wacky fan theories as, uh, I'm all for rolling my eyes at wacky fan theories is what I'm really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've come up with some of the wackiest. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking specifically about some of your, uh, your <laughs> some of which turned out to be not as wacky as I thought they would. <laughs> um, no, um, but yeah, this was a very heavy episode as far as, you know, the Gordon storyline goes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was more of a lighter, you know, road picture um, buddy film as far as, you know, Charlie and Isaac go. Right, right. Yeah, I really like the the Charlie and Isaac stuff. Um, it was, it was, you know, we, we're not going to get like an easy resolution to you. Uh, I don't think to the animosity that Charlie feels towards Isaac, which nor do I want an easy resolution to it, but you know, so they, they traveled in this, but there was no like Isaac saves Charlie's life and now they're friends or, you know, nothing like that. It's like they, they had to work together and Charlie's making it work, but she also makes it very clear. Like I still do not like you, dude. Um, Which, you know, I, I, I respect her for a second, you know, not, not just kind of changing super easily. And uh, we've talked to some people who are not big Charlie fans and I get it. Like, you know, she, she's pretty abrasive, but i like what she kind of brings to the mix. I mean, I would like to see her deal more with the other crew than just, you know, sh- shitting on Isaac all the time. Yeah. Uh, we do learn um, in this episode or it's confirmed. Uh, some people may have picked up on this quicker than I did, but that she was actually in love with her, quote unquote best friend um who died uh which kind of adds a little more um weight i guess to her feelings about isaac yeah that that throwing that out would make me believe she's not a sophisticated plant yeah 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 exactly yeah the theory um the theory that i read was was before this latest episode so okay i bet that their mind may have changed or maybe not i yeah, if if it's sophisticated enough that she could just make up that story, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> uh, but it was really cool to see Mark Jackson's face again. It's he uh, was able to use that disguise uh, while they were on Earth. That was cool. Um, you see, I I like Isaac as Isaac. Yeah. Um, when he's in his, you know, more mechanical man form because i'm fascinated by the way he moves his fingers all the time uh-huh um and whenever he's on screen and you know that's what i always uh, fixate on the way his you know his fingers are working all the time right um yeah and, and you know and mark jackson does a great job as isaac i mean 
even though the character has no emotion and, you know, he's hidden behind that mask and that suit, mm-hmm. he still, you know, gives off a presence yeah. worth noticing. Right. Yeah. He's still like, you know what Isaac's kind of thinking <laughs> just for, you know, whatever Mark Jackson's doing is he's, he's working miracles is what he's doing. But you, you can kind of tell just from Isaac's posture. Cause he's there's like you said, there's no facial expression. There's just kind of <sighs> Jackson's body language really. Um, and, uh, um, but he's able to, to, to pull it off. And, and I liked like this, his, kind of using the hollow uh the hollow emitter this time was a little bit different from the last time he did it because the last time he was on a date with uh with claire and uh you know he was trying to um i guess kind of be appropriate on a date whereas this time he's he doesn't really i don't know he's he's Jackson's not emoting anything like with his face like he's just he's he's very kind of deadpan um and uh, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed just kind of how awkward and nerdy he kind of seemed to be in those scenes. Now, when the two of them end up in that biker bar, yeah, now that's an overused trope. <laughs> I'm waiting. I, I kept waiting for the scene where all the the choppers and the bikes get knocked over. <laughs> <laughs> it never happens. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's I, that's a bonus. That's a good thing, but still, I mean, some of those uh, bikers in that bar looks right out of central casting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not sure how much I believe the uh, the bet <laughs> that they were willing to make, even though like it seemed like a sure thing, right? Like, there's no way Isaac is beating you know this this big brawny dude in an arm wrestling contest. But uh, I don't know. That seems like a, a pretty um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've got to admit, uh, uh, playing on Dan's comment about about the uh, the biker bar, I sort of expected to see Patrick Cox show up in, in there as just <laughs> you know, because that seems like he's always cast as a bouncer biker. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta. <laughs> you would have been appropriate for sure. Yeah, it would have been perfect. And I mean, I understand that Charlie's from Texas and she can handle her booze, but throwing down that bourbon like she was and then doing that 4D mapping in through the crust not to trying to avoid earthquakes. I mean, that's pretty... You figure you you wouldn't want to do that when you're buzzed. Unless you're Kaline. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it makes her better at it. <laughs> a slight buzz. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I loved all that stuff. Um, and uh, what did you guys think of uh, Lamar and Tala's little? What? Where the hell did that come from? Have uh, I been... it came from a pretty nice back rub, is what it came from. <laughs> yeah, but have I been missing something in the earlier episodes this season? Uh, no, no. Episode episode four uh, when they were doing the. Um the historical or the historic pub crawl uh, in the old West scene, there, there was a little setup for that. Okay. I missed that moment. Yeah. Go back and watch that. Okay. Episode uh, four is the one episode I haven't seen. Cause I was busy that week with all sorts of life stuff. Sure. Um, 
yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm for it. Like, I don't, I'll be really surprised if, um, if it leads anywhere serious, but it could. Right. And, but I don't, here's the thing. I mean, I don't, I don't see it leading anywhere serious, but I don't want to see it leading to something that's, you know, causes tension. Right. Between right. the two. I mean, if, yeah. they want, if they're just blowing it off and steam and I'm all for that. Cause that's, that's kind of Lamar's, you know, MO. Right. Right. And we don't really know a lot about Tala. Or at least I'm not remembering if we do, um, kind of how she is as far as relationships go. But, uh, but I could totally see her, you know, just kind of being game to just kind of blow off steam. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't want like her pining over him or, or vice versa, really. Like if, I don't right. Know. It'll be interesting to see if they do anything with it. They did wait until they were both the same rank. Anyway. True. <laughs> Um, what else? Um, all right. So let's talk about the license plate. There was a license plate. Yeah, <laughs> license plate. <laughs> this is where I stopped the episode and texted Dan. Cause, uh, um, when, uh, so Gordon, when he first meets Ed and Kelly, they get in his car and Gordon has an Orville license plate, sort of it's an Oville <laughs> license plate uh because he says somebody else already had the the orville with the the full name with the r in it and uh i went oh i know who that is i am officially canon you are (laughs) in the orville (laughs) i'm some guy who got the orville license plate before gordon could get it that's that's my character's title Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll make the edit on IMDb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Get in there and do that. Um, some guy who got the Orville license plate before Gordon. Um, yeah, tell yeah. the story, Dan, about how you. I mean, um, well, you know, I I jumped on when I found out that there was going to be the Orville TV show. I jumped all over getting this podcast put together with Joe and you and. Um, you know, I was just climbing all over it and I'm like, I just, I think I got it before the show even came out. Yeah. yeah. You were on URLs and, and all of that. And yeah, and, and I, you mean, got the I, had, license. I had the planetary union, you know, network done because I, a fr- I was at a Super Bowl party before the first episode aired and a friend of mine worked on the show and he showed me pictures of the set and I saw the actual, you know, planetary union logo mm. and I was already working on it. You know, I boom, that's what we're naming the podcast. That's what I'm, you know, we're going to run with it. And then I, you know, I'm going to get, you know, I always wanted a Star Trek license plate when I, before, and I, I had a pickup truck that my license plate beforehand was slave one. Mm. And I was the guy in California that had that from star Wars. So I got on and Orville was available and I jumped all over it and it kind of got, I remember seeing, you know, people take, I remember uh, one of the producers on the show was behind me on the freeway once and he took a photo and he put it, he put it up on Twitter or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that was my car. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I had Orville license plate in California and 
you know, when I moved to Tennessee, I had to get, you know, Tennessee plates for my car. So I mailed them to Tom, you know, to say, hey, thanks for everything you've done. You know, let me be a part of the Orville, you know, experience. I, these plates are, you know, I can't use these plates anymore. I gave them to the show. Nice. Um, and so I hope in some way that got me as, as canon in, in the Orville. <laughs> Yeah, at least, I, at least in my head canon, I'm in. You know, oh for sure, absolutely. That's why I, I, Dan exists in this universe. I think that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, and that, that that joke is absolutely a reference to the license plate. It is. That's and the way I look at it is whether or not Gordon exists. I still had that license plate before Gordon. Because I well, if he got there in 2015, let's see, he was waited around six months before he went out, and he probably didn't get that car until 2018 or so. So I had it in 2017. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm still, even though that Gordon may not have existed, I still got that license plate. All right, I want to talk about this whether he exists or not too. Um, do you want to do that now, or do you want to you want to wait a little bit? Whenever. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so Ed and Kelly, I've got a couple of questions. So, so thematically just, I think that the, the, the conflict in this episode is so tragic and interesting because you have kind of Ed and Kelly on the one side and then you have Gordon on the other side, um, particularly 10 years later, Gordon and, uh, um, Ed and Kelly are saying, look, we have to take you home. We have to take you back to the future. You can't stay here and just continue to screw up the timeline. And Gordon is, he's got this family with this woman that he has been in love with for a really long time. And now she is in love with him and they have kids together and like, no, you can't just take me away from this. And that's kind of the conflict of the show. And um, so it, it just raises a couple of questions for me. Um, but uh, so the first one I want to talk about is um, so Ed and Kelly decide like Gordon's not going with them and they like, they like draw weapons on each other and it gets a whole big deal. Um, and then Ed and Kelly decide to tell him that they're going to go back to the past and snag him from like right after he landed. So like way before he met Laura um, and what nobody really knows is like, okay, so is that, what is that going to do to, 10 years later, Gordon and his family, like they're all very concerned that they're going to be wiped from existence. Um, but somebody mentions at some point, like, you know, how many alternate timelines have been created because of this. So like the, yeah. that, like that theory is a part of it, right? Like they could just be splitting off into alternate timelines. Like we don't know if Gordon and his family actually cease to exist. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like the branch universe that, um, would have been where where Gordon you know dies in the past. Um, I know it, it makes it real interesting for storytelling, uh, but I feel like the uh, the obituary that they flashed on screen wouldn't exist um, if that branch universe still didn't exist, uh, and they didn't show it disappearing or anything like Back to the Future. So. Right. Well, and they I mean, make yeah, a- when they when they do that close on the. Photo of him and his family. 
I thought I you were going to see yeah. them play. I thought, yeah. I thought it was yeah. going to disappear too. For yeah, sure. I, yeah, that just shows you how much we all love Back to the Future. I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was they just they did that for the emotional impact of to kind of remind us what was at stake here. But um, I don't know. They, they just kept talking about how they don't really know a lot about the repercussions of time travel they don't and, and which is why they're being so careful about it i understand um but uh you know they talk about how the, the you know it's always in flux like you know just because we saw or didn't see something happen in the future it doesn't mean that we necessarily succeeded or failed when we went back into the past like you know because our we haven't actually done our actions yet and so our actions are going to dictate the outcome and um and because our actions are always we have multiple options in front of us then we just we don't know what's going to happen okay so, when you guys get andre bormanis back on you have to drill him on time travel that's a good yeah yeah, yeah I, I would really be curious to know like does the show have a kind of central theory or kind of central like kind of idea about time travel that it's working from because um right now it seems very timey-wimey to use the doctor who phrase it's just it it which is fine like because they don't know the characters don't know enough about time travel to even have any working theories on it so it really could be it could work anyway i don't know i mean the fact that the device is destroyed yeah means they probably probably won't have to deal with it again for a while and even and i do love how they used how they got back to the, you know, back to the future. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that made perfect sense to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty yeah. cool actually using the quantum drive and all that stuff. So, yeah. um, but yeah, you gotta, you, get, you gotta hit Andre up and just say, all right, explain time travel. Yeah. <laughs> that I think is it was great. In, I think it was in reference to a, um, to a tweet, uh, about, uh, about them getting back to the future. We take back to the future a lot. Um, that uh, that Seth responded to uh, and said that Andre is who's keeping him honest about it so cool all right let's get him on yeah the next Um, Thanksgiving episode yeah uh the other question I have for you guys is so Ed and Kelly tell Gordon that they're going back into the past to snag him before he met Laura and my question is, what do you guys think of that? Like, is they didn't have to tell him that, so they they could have just gone and done it and kind of left him to think that he's going to have whatever you know future he's going to have. Um, I think that um, that by them doing that, if the branch universe still does exist, they just created goatee evil Malloy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Because they end up telling, they ended up when they rest, they go back ten years and rescue him from when he'd only been there for six months or so, mm-hmm. and then they go back to the Orville and back to the future, drink. Um, <laughs> they tell him about how he had lived his whole life there, right? Right, right. So they didn't even, they didn't have to tell him that either. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm more happy about them telling him that. Uh, because he he kind of absolves them, right? He kind of he he backs them up. He goes, "You did the right thing." Right. I can't believe that I went and started a family and all this stuff. Like he's like, you know, thank God you did what you did. 
and uh, which makes them feel better. So like, I feel really good about all of that. Um, what I, I don't feel as good about is them telling him what they're about to do. So now he is like worried and his family is worried. And his little boy is worried that they're about to die. Like they're about to be wiped out of existence. Like what, what advantage is there to telling him, you know what, we're going to go back in the past and you're, this is never going to happen. And um, the only thing I could come up with is that like, it kind of lets Gordon know how serious the situation is and how serious they are about protecting, you know, the timeline and everything. And, but, but if they go back there, not, you know, to the regular Gordon, to the Gordon 10 years before that, they don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was, it's kind of, I don't want to use the word sloppy, but it was, uh, why? Yeah. Just for seem like unnecessary uh, drama. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of anxiety that Um, they didn't need to put on him, but yeah, if that was just to show off, you know, Scott's acting chops of being in distress. Yeah. Which were great, by the way. Yeah. And also, you know, you know, Seth doesn't really get to stretch that much either, but you know, he's always the captain who's kind of go lucky, but he was, you know, this time. No, you know, Oh, he was so, so distraught. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. It's, I, 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 I'm with you on that one too, guys. I don't, maybe if there was, and I don't know what the element could have been, but maybe if there was some other element in that whole exchange or to make it, to, to, to give it more validation, and I guess is what I'm trying to come, you know, say. Yeah. 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 But what a tense scene. And I, and I didn't know like whose side I was really on. Like I kind of felt, I think my gut told me that Ellie and Ed and Kelly were being kind of jerks about it. But at the same time, like when I thought about their situations, like, no, okay, they're, they're doing what they have to do. Like I, I get it. Um, but I was really feeling it for Gordon. You know, I mean, even if they would have took, even if let's say this, okay, we're going to take you back. He's already fucked up things for 10 years. (laughs) 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 What point would that be a bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, what they ended up doing was, you know, was the best thing by going back. You know, yeah, it was a great solution. I just, my only question is, should they have told him what they were going to do? Yeah, right. and I don't. Yeah, um, story wise, it made a good story, but ethically and morally, no, they didn't need to. They didn't need to piss on his parade. (laughs) Um, The only other big thing that I have on my notes to talk about is Johnny Knoxville and Jack McBrayer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That sitcom (laughs) that that Gordon and and Laura were watching (laughs) together, Um, which was pretty funny. It it, it was the jokes themselves weren't that funny (laughs) Um, because it was supposed to be like a, you know, very kind of traditional a set comic sitcom, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it showed Gordon's sophomoric humor. Right. Right. Yeah. That is the kind of show Gordon would watch for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's always fun to see, you know, who they're going to get as guest stars in an episode. Yeah. And how they're going to be played. And this was definitely unique and original. Yeah. It was, it was pretty great. Uh, and, uh, and, and, Tom dropped on Twitter the, the whole like 
scene that they shot because they, they kind of keep cutting away from it in the sh- in the episode so you can get uh gordon and, and um and uh i just lost his wife's name but you, you gotta get yeah you get their reactions um but uh did tom did tom say if the show sitcom had a name i don't think so oh what know. let's run with it <laughs> yeah, let's do a podcast let's based make on a podcast. Yes. We'll just make up episodes and talk about <laughs> I'm going to register for the license plate right now <laughs> cut yeah. to three years later and... <laughs> <laughs> we'll just come up yeah we'll just write our own you know synopsis of each episode and discuss it yeah <laughs> oh if we only had more time yeah um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious somebody about somebody tweet at Knoxville about this. Yeah. <laughs> so it looks like these guys were they're they're obviously like roommates or something um, together. <laughs> I actually I, I was kind of ragging on the humor of it, like you know, because I had like the laugh track and everything. But there were some actually really funny moments in there too. Like um, <laughs> Knoxville's like talking about getting fired from his job, and and it, I forget exactly how the joke goes, but at the end you kind of find out he was a teacher or something, which is like really weird and out of left field um so it was pretty good but uh yeah i I don't know i don't know if i'd watch that whole show but i'm very curious like no more makeup (laughs) kind of the circumstances around it um i don't know anything else on this episode you guys can think of we haven't talked about yet well, overall, I'm, you know, I haven't been able to, you know, express with you guys how glad I am that the Orville's back. Yeah. I mean, that was a long, dry spot. Yeah. And, you know, it's just so good to hear Lamar and his techno babble again. Because mm-hmm. I just love the way that, you know, Jay Lee delivers it. Right. Um, no, just the whole, you know, I miss that show. Mm-hmm. It's great to see Yafit. Yeah, as sad as it is, bittersweet. But but yeah. yeah, it's it's nice that we got this. Um, but no, it's. I mean, it's this is because who knew after you know such a long break if it was still you know the Orville is going to be the Orville. I I strongly believe that it is. Yeah. Yep, I I can't wait to see where the seasons goes from here. Like it's I don't know. Four more episodes. Is that all? Yeah. Holy moly. Man, there's got to be some huge stuff coming. I mean, I've made peace with myself after the, you know, season two season finale. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, if it ends right now, you know, it was a good run. Yeah. yeah. But I'm so glad we got a third season. Hopefully, you know, we'll get yeah. a fourth. Hopefully so. Just I can do without biker bar scenes. <laughs> well, the um, the season finale is titled "Future Unknown," mm-hmm. so which is literally true. Mm. All right, Joe. I think that's it for me. All right. Well, um, yeah. So. Be back next week with I don't know the episode title off the top of my head. Go look at that. From unknown graves. Oh, thanks. Yeah, 
from unknown graves. I wonder if we'll um I wonder if we'll get back to uh the Kalon homeworld with that one. Mm. I, I don't know. I've not seen I've not watched the promo yet. I'm I'm doing a I'm I'm pulling uh Michaels normally. Right here. I'm not uh <laughs> I'm trying to consume as little as possible until the, uh, until the episode. But. Yeah. And, uh, Dan, I know you got stuff going on. Why don't you, uh, throw a promo? Um, yeah. I've, I found myself, um, I'm a dungeon master now of a bunch of comedians, uh, for a live on stage Dungeons and Dragons games at the Nashville comedy club here in Nashville called Zanies. And I'm also, I'm taking, I got a world tour now, which next, or in a couple weeks, it'll actually be what, the 20th of July, I will be in Huntsville, Alabama at Stand Up Live, DMing a game for another group of comics. So that's my new gig right now. I have a thing called uh, Catacombs and Comedians. That's really cool. And we, I play Dungeons and Dragons with Stand Up Comics, most <laughs> of which have never played before. Oh, nice. <laughs> And you can, there, the first two, sh- I've done two shows live now at the comedy club and they're available on the podcast, Catacombs and Comedians. And you can go to catacombsandcomedians.com on, for more information on that. And it's also where the podcast you can hear on all the various places like a- Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google and all that sort of stuff. And that's my, um, that's, that's my major thing right now is uh, Dungeons and Dragons with comics. That's awesome. Well, it's good having you back on here to talk about some Orville. I, I missed that. Yo, most definitely. And never know what the future will hold. See, future unknown. Unknown. Yeah. Right there in the title. And remember, I'm, you know, I'm canon now, so I'm going to have at the next Orville convention, <laughs> I'll be signing license plates. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You know, I'll have like the, the you know, a copy of the Oville. And I'll, I'll write my own R in it and say, suck it, Gordon. Dan. Come get your picture with guy who had the Orville license. <laughs> I'll hold up the plate. Yeah. You have a time unless you have it back for the, for the convention. Yeah, I gave him both of them. So, yeah. you know. But that's my claim to fame. <laughs> you want to play us out? <laughs> yeah if you are not already follow us on twitter or at planetary underscore union on facebook you can find us at planetary union network instagram is also planetary union network and our website is planetaryunion.net so uh reach out to us in there um we love talking about the orville with you guys and uh we also have the you know joe often has little treats for uh, for followers, other you know, various exclusive things that uh, that he is able to get a hold of and and share. So uh, follow us our follow us there. Like uh, a very very twisted Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So on behalf of Joe and me and Dan, we'll see you next time. Unk smash. Unk smash. I have no idea what Unk Smash means. <laughs> it was the first episode of the season. Um, Unk is the big... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
he's the, the, the porn distributor. Um, <laughs> but he smashed. Um, he smashed what's it? Uh, Isaac's like uh, Isaac's memory thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that. So yeah, that's our new uh, our new tagline. Better than that donkey. The donkey hugger. Hugging Jaloja enthusiasts. Jaloja enthusiasts. That's a scary term. <laughs> uh. All right, you guys. That was super fun. Well, thank you. Good talking to you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> 